share your word. Let us hear your voice tonight, Lord. If we have been guilty of hardening our hearts, oh Lord, we pray tonight, soften my heart. Lord, as Danny is inspired to preach as an itinerant preacher and pastor around the area, uphold him, continue to feed him as he feeds others. But let us be still and hear your word tonight. We ask in the Savior's name. Amen. Thank you, Danny. Well, it is uh, good to be back with you again some time since we've been here. And uh, I must confess that technology has sort of uh, interfered a little bit with us tonight um, because I did receive an email about tonight. Um, I pressed the button some time ago and the whole thing disappeared. I lost all my emails. So when I actually looked at what we were supposed to be doing tonight... I had omitted to um, realize that we were supposed to be speaking about sticks and snakes um, from, from Exodus. Um, and I say that because in actual fact, I do have a PowerPoint presentation on that, but I don't have it with me tonight. <laughs> so if you forgive me tonight, we're actually going to look at the uh, book of 1 Corinthians. And we're going to look at uh, chapter 2, and um, if we can get that up. And what I want to talk about tonight is three guys from Corinth, because this particular passage deals with three types of people, and there are these three types of people in every single church, I think, and there may be the same tonight. So we're going to look at um, the natural man, the spiritual man, and the carnal man. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we we pick it up from verse 6. Yet among the mature we do not impart wisdom, although it is not the wisdom of this age or use the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret, a hidden wisdom of God, which God declared before us, before the ages, for our, for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. That is not the wisdom of the sage. And the rulers of the sage who are doomed to pass away. But as we go on, and I'm sorry that uh, it's moved on now, right. But it is written, what I have seen, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. 
These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything and even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one can comprehend the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things that God has given us. And we impart these words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritually who are spiritual and spiritually discerned the natural person does not accept these things of the spirit of god for they are folly to folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned the spiritual person judges all things but is himself to be judged by no one. For he who understands the mind of the Lord, and so as to instruct him, we have the mind of Christ. And then we go into the next chapter, and it says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh or people that are carnal, as infants in Christ. (coughs) So the three types of people that uh, Paul is talking about here is the natural man, first of all. And uh, as far as the natural man is concerned... He says a number of things about the natural man. First of all, he says that he is born into a natural world. Now, we know that. We understand that. We see that in our, uh, in our lives and our families as, uh, as our children arrive and as our grandchildren arrive and, uh, and all those things. I just had, uh, had the arrival of my first uh, grandson, and it really is a joy, and we understand that. But these are the things which are natural. We're born into a natural world. Those things which we speak of, not in words that man's wisdom teaches, but that which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You see, what happened was this. When God created us, he created us in his image. Now, God is spirit. But because of the fact that uh, Adam messed up and Adam sinned, that spirit died. You see, we're different to the rest of the animals. Have you ever gone around a field and seen a herd of cows having a prayer meeting or having a praise meeting? 
You see, animals don't have that spiritual awareness of God. But man has always had a spiritual awareness of God. Now, he may not have known God, but he's always worshipped God of some sort. Whether it be stones or mountains or sun or moon or whatever it is. Right the way through the study of anthropology, you find that man is aware that there is a God, but he doesn't understand it. You see, that's why Nicodemus, when he went to the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus said to him, you've got to be born again. You've got to be born again of the Spirit of God. (coughs) So, what happens with a natural man? Well, a natural man is born into a natural world. Nature has formed him. Nature has also deformed him. That's important to realize. Um, as I stand before you today, you don't realize it, but I am actually—I've actually got a different—I uh, am deformed. I'm different to all of you because I have twelve toes. That's a fact. And uh, my grandson, who has just been born, has also been born with twelve toes. You see, there is a, a deformed body that has actually come about. But we have been def- deformed by nature. Also, <clears throat> education has informed man and the society conforms him. Isn't that true? Isn't it true that today our young people, their minds are being formed by the teachings that were going around in the worlds and the schools, all about sex, for example? And we talk, we call that education. But society actually conforms us. Man has, in fact, reformed us. But but we're not transformed. And there's a difference. You see, transformed comes from the Greek word metamorphomai. And you'll immediately recognize that as metamorphosis. And you know that a butterfly is something that comes out of a worm. It is transformed. Society doesn't transform us in this way. We are conformed to society. And we do what comes to us naturally. Do you have to teach a a child to lie? Do you have to teach him to tell a fib? You see, that just becomes natural, isn't it? That's what happens. We do what comes to us naturally. And that's why we have to be born again, because we're not born again. The natural man is not born again. 
get that to move on in a minute. There we are, right. John chapter 3, verse 3 says, Jesus said to Nicodemus when he was talking to him, And I say to you, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And the natural man is not born again. And the natural man cannot see the the kingdom of God. The natural man cannot understand the things of God. That's where we are. Mark chapter 14, verse 21. And look what God actually says here. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better or it would have been good if that man had never been born. Wow, now that is harsh words, isn't it? The natural man, it would have actually been better if we had not been born. Wow. Well, (coughs) not only is he born into a natural world, but he's also blind to that spiritual world. Look what he says here. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You see, the natural man just doesn't understand. He just can't see God. And so he looks for other things. He looks for another source of creation. And we're spending billions and billions of dollars looking for something that God has already told us all about. We just cannot see it. We don't understand it. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You see, the natural man looks around and he sees the beautiful flowers and the sky and, uh, you know, when the snow falls, doesn't it look beautiful? Okay? We see all that and we can appreciate all that. But we can't appreciate what God has in store for us. The natural man can even appreciate a good sermon. And there are lots of people on Sundays who go to, to go to church and they can sit through a church sermon and you can get people like Billy Graham, Alistair Begg and uh, Peter Masters or John MacArthur and these sort of guys. And we say, oh yeah, that guy's good. That's a good sermon. But you know, we don't sometimes understand what is there. We cannot see what God is actually saying to us. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to them. And so people like Richard Dawkins would write a book The God Delusion. And he will tell you that as Christians you delude it because God doesn't exist. He's spiritually blind. He cannot see it. And you know, you can argue for as long as you like. You know, Paul was like that. 
And if you think about it, before Paul's conversion, what was he doing? He was persecuted in the church. Why? Because as far as he was concerned, Jesus Christ was cursed of God. You see, he was hanged on a tree. And he was buried that same day. And that verse back in Deuteronomy actually says, he is cursed of God. And so he said, he is cursed of God. And so he came to the conclusion that Christianity was an apostasy. He couldn't see the truth. He couldn't see until he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. John chapter 8 and verse 47 says, He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. Now tell me, folk, have you been witnessing to somebody and and it doesn't matter what you show them in scriptures, they just can't see it? Have you been talking with somebody that... just cannot get through to them. Why is that? Because they don't understand it. They are not of God's. <coughs> he who is of God hears God's word, and therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. And you know, around us, Now just stop for a minute and listen very, very carefully. Can you hear Classic FM? Can you? Why not? Because you're not tuned in. And it's as simple as that. You see, we're not tuned in to God. And therefore, we cannot even hear him in that sense. So, so that's the situation of the natural man. But let's look at the spiritual man, because that's the next one he goes on to. And, he, and we have a, a comparison here between that natural man and the spiritual man. The spiritual man is something totally different. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of him who is from God. For we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words of man's wisdom, teachers, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual with spiritual. You see, somebody who is spiritual, somebody who knows the Lord Jesus Christ, can hear him. And he can understand. Let's look at a few other verses that uh, tell us about that. Okay? Why is that? Because man lives by the Spirit. Christianity is not believing in something. It's believing or it's receiving someone. It's not something. It's someone. 
It's personal. Christianity is not a creed. It is not a code. It's not a cause. And it's not even a church. It is Christ in you. Christ indwelling the person. That's what Christianity is. Christianity is not just simply um, getting man out of earth and into heaven. And sometimes we think that's what it is all about. But it's in fact getting God out of heaven and into man. That's what it is to be a Christian. Now we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that God has freely given, that has been freely given to us by God. You see, there is an understanding. And as we open the word of God and we begin to read it, we say, wow, that's, isn't that great? Isn't that inspiring? Isn't that something to get excited about? Because we can understand it. When you get saved, you don't become a nice person. you actually become a new creature. You see, there's a complete difference. It's not just changing our personality. We become a new creation in Christ. That's what happens with a spiritual man. Why? Well, that's what he told Nicodemus, didn't he? He said, you need to be born again. And so we are born again. And because we're born again, we are transformed. You see, that miracle takes place. That word transformed actually is quite an interesting word because it's used, um, it's used in, in uh, Romans chapter 12. And it's the same word that's actually used in the transfiguration of Christ. It's exactly the same word. The word that is translated, transfigure, is actually that same word, transformed. Remember what uh, he, he said in, in, um, in Romans chapter 12? Do not be conformed to this world, but be he transformed. And so it's a turning inside out. It's completely new. It is a new creation. So, he lives by the Spirit. He learns from the Spirit. And what else does he do? Well, let's have a look at this. These things we also speak to you, not in words which is man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. You see, the Spirit of God teaches us. When the Lord Jesus promised, about, promised the, uh, um, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit, what did he say in John chapter 16? 
When he comes, he will convince, he will convict. You know, I can't convince you. I can't convict you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. <clears throat> and so we got the word of God. And we need to study it. Be diligent to study and present yourselves approved to God. Where do we get our inspiration from? Where do we get our guidance from? Where do we understand what God is doing in our lives? It is directly from the word of God which he takes and plants in our hearts and gives us that understanding that we may be approved of him. I love this verse, actually, in Hebrews 11, chapter 3. Notice this. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen are not made of things which are visible. Do you have a problem with creation? Do you have a problem with understanding what God has done? Well, if you're a Christian, you see, that's what faith does. Faith helps us to understand those things which the rest of the world can't understand. And it becomes obvious. Isn't that amazing? That's one of the things that faith does. So, <clears throat> we have the natural man, we have the spiritual man, and then we go on to the one that was the real problem in the Corinthian church. The carnal man. And so let's look what he says about the carnal man. And our brethren could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, not with solid food. For unto now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. You are still carnal. For where they are, there is envy and strife and divisions amongst you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? You know, I've been saddened as, uh, as I've gone around to different churches to find that there are squabbles in churches. And our churches today seem to be torn apart. And why is it? Well, here we have it. You see, people are carnal. They're fleshly. They seek after the things of the flesh. And as Paul says here, you are in fact like babes. Why is this? Well, remember this. The carnal man, in fact, deformed. And as you've got in that picture there, perhaps you can't see it so well, but he's just got full of warts and growths and all sorts of things all over him. So, so much so that he hides his face. 
And that's in fact what we are. Warts and all. And indeed not a pretty face at all. Is he saved? Yes, he's saved. But you know, he hasn't gone beyond that. And there are many people in the church that are like that. You see, we're defeated. We have little or no joy in our spiritual lives. I wonder whether that's perhaps where you are today. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that, uh, that I must confess I really battle with ever since I've been in this country is hearing people complain. We complain about everything. And if you don't believe me, just listen to the news. We're complaining about the weather right now. You know, it's too hot. Oh, we can't stand this heat. But of course we go off to Spain and, the, and, and uh, uh, the Mediterranean for our holidays where it's hot. Isn't that a funny thing that we actually complain about that? You see, we have little or no joy. And the carnal man has one foot in the church and the other foot in the world. You know that program, One Foot in the Grave? Oh boy. What are they doing? They're always complaining, aren't they? Okay. And that's exactly what we are. We're never satisfied with what God has given us. And you know why? Because he actually knows he's not walking with God. You know, I found that as I counsel people, and we get to their walk with the Lord, and if they've got real problems and we say, are you walking with the Lord? It's one of the first things they will admit. No, I'm not. I'm not walking with God. He says, you're still a baby. And is there anything more pathetic than seeing a grown man still sucking the dummy. But you know, that's exactly what we are. We're still there, we're still sucking the dummy. And our brethren could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as babes in Christ. You see, we haven't grown. We haven't matured. And there are many, many people in the church today that that applies to. Well, it's not only that. <coughs> he says, not only is he deformed, but he's also dependent. He says, I've got to feed you with milk. You're not able, you know, I fed you with milk. And you're not able to, uh, with solid food, for until now, and you are not able to receive it. And even now, you're still not able to receive it. I, I have on my phone um, uh, a little 
little video clip uh, of my grandson, which has caused us much hilarity in our family. He's six months old, and his mother gave him a courgette the other day. And, uh, and it just so happened that my son was videoing us. And he picked up this courgette, and he stuck it in his mouth. And he sort of looked around like this. And then he went... <laughs> and the courgette came out. <clears throat> and he sort of shrugged his... Oh... And it's, it really is funny as, as you watch this. And then he repeats it again, you know, and he's getting this thing out of his mouth. Um, and eventually it's on the table and he's pushing it around with his finger. He was not having a courgette. And isn't that true of us as well? That's exactly what we do. Do you know, people can't go to a Bible study. Young people cannot sit through a service because they're bored. Isn't that true? We get bored because we don't understand God's word. You see, we are still babes in Christ. Then he goes on and he says, you know, <clears throat> not only are you deformed, not only are you dependent on the bottle, but you're also divisive. And folk, this is where the conflict in the church comes. It's through people who are divisive. People who cannot see the main thing. People who cannot understand what God is doing. And it's all about me and it's about I we become egocentric. Let me, let me remind you, how do you spell sin? S-I-N. Satan on one side, nobody on the other side, and I in the middle. And that's what happens. You see, it's all about us. It's not about God. And so we fight with each other. And we argue with each other. For where there is envy and strife and divisions amongst you, are you not carnal? Are you not behaving like mere men? Now the book of Corinthians actually is all about this. And, uh, and when you read through the whole book of Corinthians, you suddenly become aware of what he's talking about. He's talking about what was in the church. In chapters... One to four, he's talking about div divisions in the church. Then in chapters five to six, he talks about disorders in the church. And in the next few chapters, he talks about difficulties that are in the church. And then he talks about the difficulties with doctrines in the church. Do you know what, folk? When you read through the book of Corinthians and you see the disobedient of those Corinthian Christians and what caused the divisions in the church, and you look at the churches today that have divisions in them, 
they're exactly the same things. They're there. Why? Because this was a carnal church. Folk, we've talked about the natural man. The natural man who doesn't understand anything about God at all, who cannot receive God, who has, doesn't want to know God, he shuts God out of his mind altogether. We talked about a spiritual man who takes the word of God and is born again. And because of the fact that he's born again, there's been that change, that spiritual change that has taken place in him. And God takes that person and he uses him to glorify himself. Do you remember the story with Paul? Remember how after Paul went into Damascus, the Lord said to Ananias, Ananias, go down to the street called Straight and you will find Paul. And Ananias basically says, Lord, do you know what you're doing? This man has come here to arrest us. What did God say to Ananias? You go, because he is my chosen vessel. And look what he did with Paul. What a change he made in Paul. You see, that's a spiritual man. Where the Spirit of God comes into him and changes him. And then we've looked at the carnal man who just stays obeyed doesn't grow, doesn't seek maturity. Now I have a question for you. And the question is very simply this. As we've looked at those things, it'll come up just now. There it is. Which of those three do you fall into? And that's only a question which you can answer. And I want to challenge you tonight. Are you born again? Are you a Christian? Are you walking with the Lord? Or are you still a long, long way to go? Are you carnal? Are you still a babe in Christ? And I trust tonight that as we challenge to answer that question, that we will honestly come before the Lord. We sang as a hymn just before we uh, looked at God's word tonight. And the words of that hymn, I think, are very, very beautiful. It talks about yielding my heart to God. In fact, this is what we need to do. Which one of those three men represents your life?